afternoon. Good evening. And good night. My name is John Doherty. I'm Arvin Separe. And this is season five of Behind the Scenes of our best deals. We'll play the music here. Yes. We won't play any music. We won't. Uh, do you ever listen to a podcast and they go, we'll put a sound effect or something here and there's nothing there and you go, yeah, they didn't do it. Oh, they yeah, accidentally forgot in the editing? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But I'm that saying does. intentionally I'm not going to put a song here. Unless you want okay. me to. Okay. So I am drinking, do you guys drink sparkling water? All the time. Yeah. I feel very fancy and since like, yeah, it's refreshing. you know, regard it, like, hey, you do your, I, I don't drink. Sure. And so- like if I go to a restaurant and if I want to feel fancy and put sure. my pinky up, right. then I will order sparkling water. Excellent. With like lime. Yeah. Because lemons are from the kitchen and lemons are uncovered where flies can be. Oh, interesting. But a lime is from the bar. I didn't know that. And they cover limes. Okay. And so yeah. from now on, don't get a lemon in your water. Get a lime. Get a lime. And if they bring a lemon, what do you say? When life throws you lemons, <laughs> you ask for a lot. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, That's yeah. Funny. No, it's good. But anyways, sparkling water. You know how like, and I don't know if you guys know this. We're, we're gonna get into the podcast. I promise. This is but important. This is very important. Do you have anyone in your life that talks through burps when they're talking to you? <laughs> no. Okay. This is the most. A <laughs> trip. Grossest thing that you've had. Okay, I just did that as a fakie. Yeah. But like, there is a specific person in which we have casted in a main role in this upcoming Easter production. <laughs> this guy, I'm sorry, it, it is a guy. If it was a girl, it'd even be more concerning. It'd be awesome. Um, but we believe in equality. Right. So, um, girls but, burp. <laughs> yeah, girls burp. Uh, but this individual will be talking to me in my ear and then scoot back. <laughs> And puts his chin down to his chest, his chin down to his chest. Out of respect. Out of respect. And then with his eyes wide open looking at me, burps and talks to it. He's like, but God has really been prophesying to me about his coming return. Oh and I'm like, my bro, gosh. Oh, yeah. do not talk yeah, to me can't anymore. Come soon enough. Now. I almost want to recast. Yeah. I'm kidding. Anyways. Incredible. <laughs> But I was thinking about that because sparkling water makes me burp, but it's just water. I don't want to know who it is, but I want to find out when they do it in front of me. And I will. And then you it. and me will, will connect <laughs> eyes. We Okay, every single person has different types of responses yeah. that comes out of them involuntary. That's right. And that's what we kind of wanted to hit on today. So yeah. behind the scenes of our best days is... um, we. If it is your first time, thank you so much for joining Congrats. us. Congrats. Yeah, congrats. <laughs> congrats. Thanks here's, for watching. Here's a medal for for actually taking 30 minutes out of your day to listen to us. Yeah. Um, but uh, we actually talk about the behind the scenes of Victory Church. Mm -hmm. yeah. And um, things that you probably couldn't talk about in a sermon. Sure. Or maybe not even a Victory College class or even yeah. in a chapel. We can but try that burp story. We can try that burp want. story. Yeah. <laughs> Yesterday I told the funeral story That's in right. a Victory College That's class. Right. Yeah. I accidentally showed up and started the wrong funeral. <laughs> I started a wrong funeral. It's incredible. And 10 minutes in, everyone was like, you're at the wrong place. Oh I was, my gosh. Yeah. Incredible. Anyways. But that's for another podcast. Yeah. Okay. Come to well, Victory College. You'll find out. Come to Victory College and you'll find out more. Uh, but anyways, we were talking about um, as we are going about, like, for instance, me and Arvin, we we were writing this this uh, script for the Easter production. And yeah. I don't know if you guys have this, but when you're in the middle of is that 
um, certain involuntary responses that you have. One was a burp from this individual. Yeah. I do think that you can like walk away or turn away. Mm-hmm. It's like <laughs> someone leading worship and really trying to hit a high note through a fart. You know what I mean? <laughs> like you, there's just certain things that you don't push through. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Am I right? You're preaching right now. Okay, I'm good. preaching. Uh, guys, favor isn't forced. It's It rests. Okay. You don't want to push through certain things, whether it burps or farts or whatever. Yeah. Those are all kind of involuntary, but you can kind of control them. Okay, but what about crying, sure. laughing, yeah. um, you know, shaking? Like whenever mm. someone is, you get so angry mm. that you begin to shake Man. and you can't stop and then you begin to feel shame or oh, embarrassment sure. Oh, sure. about this response. Right. Okay. Well, anyways, for instance, um, you know, looking at the behind the scenes of our Easter, right now we're recording this podcast in our office. And then up on our dry erase board, we have all of the songs um, listed, Act 1 and Act 2, for this upcoming Easter production, Easter 2023. We really believe in it, really excited about it. Yeah. We even have um, the characters up there and um, kind of uh, the people that are playing those characters mm-hmm. and um, a stage design set of what we're thinking of on how we're going to repurpose the LED walls and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah. But as we're going through it, none of this stuff makes me, I get, um, I get really upset whenever I think that we are not squeezing every ounce. Mm-hmm. Like um, there's a quote from Robin Williams in the movie, Dead Poet Society, mm. where he says, um, uh, carpe diem, which is seize the day. And then he goes, um, uh, chew the meat, spit out the bone, but don't forget to suck out the marrow. Mm-hmm. So he means like get everything Maximize, out of it. Yeah. Maximize. If you're in a painful situation, um, like maximize everything in that painful situation of what is God trying to teach mm-hmm, me in this? Mm-hmm. If you are in a difficult, you know, you're like trying to fit, um, may, maybe you're a worship pastor and you're trying to like do a conference and you're like, man, we only have $331 to put on a conference. Mm-hmm. You're going to find a way to not just chew the meat and spit out the boat. You're going to suck the marrow out of it. You're going to maximize all $331 out of that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so anyways, so whenever I am, uh, so my frustration comes whenever we're in a specific scene and you know, we do these productions. Mm-hmm. We do Christmas and Easter, which is the the retelling of the gospel. Yeah. And then we do these fall films. Fall films are a little bit more alluring because we create a parable. Sure. This story we just we create. Yeah. You know, it yeah. didn't exist before. By Bi- right. like Christmas and Easter, mm-hmm. you are going from the Bible, so it's like you stick to the scripture. Absolutely. But my thing is, what can we do to soak? everything out of and maximize this yeah. one piece of scripture yeah. so that this is um it hits people where it needs to right within certain things yeah and so um i'll admit it yesterday we were looking we were trying to scout out some places mm-hmm. and um our guy uh spencer who is helping us out with the film and stuff he suggested a um a certain spot and i cussed at him <laughs> And I'm so sorry. God forgive me. Mm-hmm. I do not say bad words all the time. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, but I realized, I was like, okay, why did that just come out of me? And why was I so angry? Mm. I was like, oh, it's because 
I don't want us to half cheek anything. Mm-hmm. Of course. Like I want us to like be all in. Right. You know what not I mean? Not half hearted. Yeah. Yeah. Not half hearted. Right. You know, the world says half arse. Yeah. Uh, we say half cheek. Right. Because <laughs> we don't we don't swear unless if it's at Spencer. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Guys, come on. Come on. Ease up. Ease up. Ease up. Ease up. Yeah. Peter swore and um, God built the church on him. So <laughs> uh, so don't judge me. Um, anyways. But from that, I was thinking about whenever you are working in a ministry and you yeah. have involuntary responses, you know, how, how do you react? How do you steward that? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, like Arvin, like, has there ever been a time where you're like, man, that came out, your human flesh mm. came out in the midst of something. Did you feel shame for it? Were you embarrassed by it? Or were you like, yeah, that's me. Sure. Yeah, it's definitely happened. I remember making um, Keymaker back in the fall of 2022, and the nature of the shoot that we had scheduled was so intense because we wanted to maximize our finances and our budget and our time and everything. And I remember usually I'm a very, uh, I come to meetings very calm. I show up calm. I do a lot of stuff in the morning to create that. And then in that particular trip, I remember, uh, and then Spencer Click is like a, a dear, dear best friend of mine. Yes, Our wives amazing. are close friends. We're friends outside of what work we do together. Uh, we've done a lot of shows together here at Victory. We, were, uh, we lived across from each other in college. So he was like my next door neighbor. And so I've known him for like over 10 years. So him and I are trying to plot out this scene. And I'm not just a, a producer on these things. I'm the chief car parker. I'm the chief. Uh, I'm like you the order valet. the food. I'm a catering person. I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm happy to do these things and serve in these roles. So sometimes when they overlap, it creates tension because I come upstairs from parking the car in the hotel that we've rented to film this scene for the Vegas scene. It's on YouTube now if you want to watch Keymaker. And um, I'm also acting in that scene. And so yeah, I've got you were the, the main role. Head. And then that scene in particular had overlap with a bunch of other details in the story and i knew what easter eggs we had placed where to maintain it and i felt like i walked upstairs after parking the car and there were changes being made to the way the scene was going to happen and unbeknownst to them they didn't realize that by doing those changes they were now negating some of the threads of the story because their job so it would is, throw off the whole story. It would just make less sense and it would be more corny and cheesy if it was like, oh, there wasn't a thread throughout the whole thing. These are just random scenes. And so I got into it with Spencer and I uh, I'm I like, was there. Back. I was there. It Absolutely. was fun. And it was I'm fun. Back and forth. And I'm like, no, it has to start here because of this. It has to go over here because of this. Uh, and him and I are going back and forth. And he's like, no, I don't want it to do that. I want it to do this. And I go, okay, let's start on page one of the script. Do you see how this is in the first scene? This is in this scene. It has to happen this way. Otherwise, you're negating all this stuff. Eventually, we sat down and we were like, all right, I'm really sorry. Uh, I apologize, not just to Spencer. I apologize to everybody on the on the set because I didn't think that that's something I would want to happen. And so I was like, this is important for me to own this. Oh, but can I say, yeah. I absolutely loved it when you blew up. <laughs> Do you ever, okay, I, and, I, and, I'm, and I will say this, behind the scenes, when Pastor Paul blows up, now here's the thing, he's never snapped on a, an individual. He has had a come to Jesus meeting with a bunch of leaders sure. that were kind of half cheeking it or mm-hmm. whatever. Sure. And I was like, heck yeah, Mm. because here's the thing. It shows me that you care. Sure. 
and that you're invested. Even if, and I'm, I'm just going to challenge your perspective. If someone blows up on you, okay, I understand you need to make sure that like, okay, maybe they had a hard day. Maybe you, you don't know the battles that they're fighting secretly. But if you're in an organization, mm -hmm. you not only do you have to take into, um, not only do you have to take into account account i was like yeah, what's that it. word yeah. you have to take into account not only their personal stuff but also the project or whatever it is that you're sure. talking about this yeah. is an example um and this isn't a real story i'm making the story up hmm. and a, someone who works in the accounting department here mm -hmm. their job and what they are passionate about is that people they're enneagram one uh-huh you know, that yeah. at least they're a wing sure. or something yeah, like that, yeah, which yeah. means they need things in decency and in order and in excellent mm -hmm. and in a structure. And they are passionate about excellence mm -hmm. and making sure that budgetary things, that there are POs and check recs filled out. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Then you have someone from a creative department who is trying to um, accomplish a need to reach people for Jesus, mm -hmm. all right? Sure. Like whether it's a creative video, a testimonial mm -hmm. video like mm -hmm. Taranzo would do or or a specialty video that we would do for production where we're driving yeah. and, you know, and yeah. if things are not budgeted out correctly and you have this interaction between accounting and someone from the creative department, you can be tempted to think the creative or maybe it's a worship department the creative or the worship department, they think that they're just mm. these creatives that don't have to abide by the rules. Sure. And so you, so here's the thing. You now created this book bag of monsters that you've just put on, and you now bring that into the conversation mm -hmm. because you're passionate about, you know, that begins happening. And then this person in the worship or creative department just thinks, this person is always about rules and doesn't understand that what we're doing is trying to reach people yeah. because all they're thinking about is numbers and money. They're not thinking about getting souls into the kingdom of God. Sure. And now like world war three happens. Sure. Yeah. Both people have every right to feel totally, the way that they totally. feel. Yeah. But then the things that you attach to that mm -hmm. are false assumptions. Sure. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm, I guess what I'm asking you is you got to look at specifically like for us, you, you are listening to this. You may not work at a church. You may work at a church, right, right. but if you are working in an organization at any point, you have to be able to step back and take a God's eye perspective of things mm -hmm. um, and be like, okay, hold on. This person is just super passionate about their job. That's why whenever you blew up, I was like, of course, Arvin needs to apologize because, you know, yeah. but at the end of the day, I was like, Arvin gives a crap. Like yeah. oh, for sure. Arvin yeah. is passionate. That's where I like, I don't want to lose that. Sure. Does that make sense? Oh, for sure. I would rather deal with a little bit of crazy. Yeah. If I know that you're like, oh, I'm in this and yeah. I will fight you over it. Yeah. Then I'm like, great. Right. Even if we disagree, I'm like. Yeah. Oh, you have fire. And I feel like in a world where ever, we're, we're inundated with mm -hmm. um, oversaturation of like media, mm -hmm. social media and everything. Mm -hmm. I, so I also coach. So mm -hmm. I work with teenagers yeah. and junior high students. Yeah. And then I have three kids in elementary. And then I also interact with young adults. So I interact with different generations. There is a generation that just doesn't care. Mm -hmm. 
and they don't have fire over anything. Right. And they're kind of like, um, K Sarah, Sarah, whatever will mm -hmm. be, will be. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I understand about being calm and chill. Mm -hmm. I think the thing that makes me upset is I was like, where's your fire? Sure. Even if we disagree on something, fight me for it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Like, like turn red, shake, cry, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. burp, fart, like do something. <laughs> all um, of them at all once. All of them at once. <laughs> Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. super saiyan. Um, <laughs> but anyways, I, I was thinking about like behind the scenes, you see that. Yeah. I was thinking about, I have been in a conversation. So my brother is the pastor, my brother and pastor Ashley. They are co-pastors here at Victory. Mm -hmm. I've been in conversations with them behind the scenes where we will get into a disagreement and an argument. Now yeah. here's the thing. Paul doesn't cry. Hmm. I cry. Mm -hmm. I will cry. Yeah. He's my younger brother. Mm -hmm. He's also my pastor and my boss. Yeah. But I will get so, and, and when I cry, this is what I believe. I believe that tears are words left unspoken. Hmm. Anytime you're crying, those are just, yeah. those are words left unspoken. So you have to ask, okay, hold on. What are my tears trying to say? Okay, no, my tears are saying, I'm not ticked at you. Mm -hmm. I am passionate about what I'm doing. Yeah. That I will die on this hill. Yeah, absolutely. And then there are some tears that are like, you hurt my feelings. Sure. And then there are some tears, for instance, as we were doing this Easter script, where we get to a specific part where I was so overwhelmed with like, oh my gosh, the love of Jesus, mm -hmm. the love of Jesus for um, someone who doesn't feel, see, I'm getting emotional right now. Like someone who doesn't feel like they deserve the love of Jesus. And when they get it, yeah, it's like, for me, it overwhelms me. And I begin to, my eyes are watering right now because I'm crying, I'm talking about it. And it has this involuntary effect and it's like part of the way I'm wired. And I used to be ashamed yeah. of those tears. Huh, wow. I used to be like, oh, and whenever I tried to stuff it down. Have you guys ever tried to stuff down tears and they just come out even stronger? Totally. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But like that's innately whenever the scripture says I formed you in the womb, mm -hmm. God put that in there. Right. There's a reason why they come out when they do. Yeah. You know, and I feel like whenever you are. Whenever you are living in, um, and I'm not saying that I'm in the perfect will of God, but I'm saying I believe for John, mm -hmm. me as an individual, mm -hmm. I am doing what I have been put on this earth to do yeah. in this season of my life. Yeah, It may change, but for right now, today, I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. um, so whenever you're in that, uh, whenever things come against what you're doing, mm -hmm. and I have to admit, I am wrong sometimes. Mm. And so when I say come against, maybe someone just questioning, hey, John, why are you doing this? Mm -hmm. And I get defensive. Yeah. And then all of a sudden I begin to shake out of anger. Sure. I'm like, wait, 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 John, are you shaking? These involuntary things, mm -hmm. are you shaking because um, you're angry that they're questioning you and you just don't want anyone to bother you? You just kind of want to be left to your own thing? Sure. Yeah. Or... Are you shaking because you hate this person? Hmm. <laughs> no, yeah. Right? Absolutely. And so then I have to be like, okay, no, I don't hate this person. Yeah. I think I don't want anyone to question me because that I, I, my insecurities says that they don't trust me. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I sure. mean? Yeah. And that can be traced back. You know, and maybe you guys who are listening, you cry for different reasons. Uh-huh. You know, uh, how about how about you? Yeah, I mean, when I recollect, uh, I was telling, I was talking to you guys about this earlier. Like, if I ever pause and and look back at where things have started in my life and where we've, be- how far we've come, I always find myself emotional. And then it's also interesting working in a storytelling medium, you know what you're doing is creating emotions for the audience and you're doing it with an intention in mind. Mm -hmm. Like we know, looking at this Easter story, I know um, where the scriptures are and they don't change, but the audience moves in terms of like what was, the reason is it's funny to make fun of old Christian stuff now is because in the 70s and 80s, that was an authentic uh, demonstration of what the story of the scriptures were. Like a 1970s Christian movie. Yeah, now we would look at it and laugh, but that's because the audience has moved, and now there's more cynicism, there's more questioning, there's, you know, in some areas it's better and easier, and they suspend disbelief with certain things, and then in other areas they're like, no, you can't really go there. Um, All I'm trying to say with this is there is a newfound stewardship of emotion that I feel whenever we're doing these stories Mm. where it's like, I, I know that, and this is the case for me. There was a time several years ago, actually it was in, I don't know. When was the first time you did masterpiece? 2017 first time we did masterpiece was 16, 17. It would have been 17. Okay. So six years ago, I remember I was at a place in life where I was like, I've grown up in church. I have felt I'm kind of like my adrenal glands are fatigued. I don't feel anything when I think about this story. And so I took that to God and was like, look, dude, I don't know why it matters that you sent your son to die for me before I was ever born or aware of it. I'd love to know why it matters. I would love to know. But my life is so caught up in uh the ins and outs of the the job I was doing at the time, the life I was living at the time, that I couldn't make a connection. And I think more people, even regular churchgoers, if they were honest, if they went to therapy, would, would pause and go, I don't necessarily see a through line between where I'm at right now and the significance of Jesus' death on the cross. And that line is the job of the Easter production. Mm. That Drawing that line to them and saying, look, here's another character that you could relate to and look at what questions they have. They have honest questions that are, doesn't mean you're evil. If you have this yeah. curiosity, because that's what the Lord did for me was he didn't punish me for having that question. He answered it. And I, I don't have time to tell you the two year long story. Uh, someday I will, but that's the goal we have here, which is to say, we're going to steward your emotions with uh, gentleness but we're also going to allow you to see like this is significant because of blank and trying to fill as many blanks as possible. And like you said, every time we watch that happen and the Holy Spirit moves in ways that our script writing couldn't, uh, it is incredibly emotional. Mm. I agree. Yeah. No, <laughs> as you were saying, I was like, yes. Yeah, I'm just I'm contemplating that. When do you when do you guys, those who are listening, watching, when do you get emotions wherever you're like wow Mm -hmm. i I couldn't yeah they just came out involuntary sure um 
Yeah. You know, sometimes it's grieving. Yes, of course. But I'm talking about like in the middle of a conversation. For me, sometimes it'll be during worship. Mm -hmm. I definitely think I cry more now Mm -hmm. than I did at a certain point. Sure. In college, I was like, do I have tear ducts? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, Because people would say... But I think that I was really hardened yeah. for a season. Well, for a lot of men, too, it's like you can't show emotion unless it's anger and aggression. Yeah. You know? It's like to because it's some semblance of control, maybe. But that's a derivative of the hurt. You know, the initial pain is like, I'm sad. I want to cry and grieve what happened or what ha- what's going to happen. And then a lot of men, especially in the like late 90s to early 2000s, the idea was like, you're not going to cry in front of people and then it would include like okay i won't even do that in private like it was just normal yes because my dad my dad my mom and dad who founded victory you know my dad um he was always there for me and paul always like loving um you know even if he didn't necessarily understand me all the time he definitely was like there yeah you know and he made and who he was on the stage is who he was off the stage. Yeah. That's why I was like, okay. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I, I didn't have the story of other PKs where they were just like, my parents were fake off stage. And sure. so I have an issue with God. Sure. You know, I was like, no, God is real. Yeah. I, you know, but, um, my dad only cried whenever he would watch, uh, chariots of fire. Oh, wow. Or Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> Hoosiers. Gene Hackman is this basketball coach. Yeah. It's a throwback movie. Um, if you watch it, you're like, why is this movie grainy? Mm. It like <laughs> came out when Rocky one came out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where things are like shot on. I don't even know the camera. Sure. Eight millimeter or something. Sure. I don't Just know. A, one of these. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot of hand cranking on those cameras. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, and then chariots of fire, uh, the, not Jim Elliott, but the story of the guy who wouldn't run on a Sunday mm-hmm. to honor the Sabbath. Sure. And when I saw that my dad would watch, because my dad was the one who was like, we need to start productions. Mm-hmm. So he got together with this friend who now is over all the programming of TBN. His name is Tom Newman. Nice. Um, my dad was like, Tom, help us start these productions. And we started them. I remember when Jesus was getting whipped and all this type of stuff. Mm. And I would get emotional mm-hmm. um, and I would look at my dad and my dad, his hands would, his mouth would be in his hands, like in a prayer position yeah, yeah, yeah. and he would be focused, mm-hmm. but he never got emotional. No, sure. And yeah. I was like, he yeah. doesn't get emotional. Yeah. And I remember being like, and then when I saw this movie and here's the thing, my dad would not let us say the word, but mm-hmm. like B U T T. Sure. We would get spanked for it. Yeah. You know, that's Christian cussing. <laughs> I, we weren't allowed to say dang or crap or other words I'm not going to say because then Pastor Paul will make us <laughs> stop this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <I'm, laughs> you remember when you weren't allowed to say shut up? Oh, yes. That was a whole thing you couldn't say. Yeah. I would still say it in, in secret. Like, I would be really upset at Paul. <laughs> and then I'd be like, Paul! Shut up. And you'd say quiet. Because I didn't want my dad to hear it. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Sure, sure. Yes. Anyways, it was just all of these things. It was like, you're going to hell if you say shut up or smoke a cigarette. Um, <laughs> those are the two things. <laughs> those are the two things that'll get you into hell. Incredible. Um, but anyways, I sell that. Joking aside, um, if you smoke cigarettes, God still has a plan for your life. Sure. Uh, you're not going to hell, but you may smell like you've been there. <laughs> hey. So anyways, 
Um, and also, just for your health, I would stop. But yeah. um, as far as my my dad, when I saw him get emotional in these stories, both of those movies had swearing in it. Oh, sure. Because Gene Hackman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, he knew how to And swear. then in the other one, and, and so anyways, and I was like, okay, my dad, who is the biggest proponent of purity mm-hmm. and will make us get up and walk out of a PG movie sure. if they say the word S-U-C-K mm-hmm. or if they say B-U-T-T. Sure. Like, hear me spelling it out is weird. But that's how we would. Yeah. And then my dad will sit through a movie where there's cussing, but the story. Right. And he got emotional. Yeah. I was like, whenever I watched that, I saw the power of a story. Absolutely. Both of those stories were not from the Bible. Right. They had biblical values in them. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and I w- and I remember telling Dad. I remember being like, "Dad, you should preach off of Hoosiers." And he goes, "No, no, it it has bad words in it." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I was like, "Dad, that is the o- I've known you." Yeah. My dad passed when I was uh, I don't even know twenty something. Yeah. Um, eleven years ago. Mm-hmm. To, yeah, I was twenty seven. I saw my dad cry twice. Yeah. They were at movies. Yeah. He didn't cry whenever he had cancer. He didn't cry at my daughter's, uh, at his daughter's weddings. Yeah. He cried at Hoosiers, Chariots of Fire. That's fascinating. And so anyways, that's why I've always been so enamored with stories and what it can do to the human soul. Sure. How it opens you up and it makes these involuntary things. And then you begin to ask yourself, okay, what are those tears saying? Those tears are saying, I'm inspired. Mm-hmm. I'm inspired. Like yeah. there's something in me that wants... Um, that is looking forward to the better version of me that's on the other side of whatever difficult thing that I'm walking through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's intriguing to me that the both of those stories are about someone who has the odds against them. Yes. And then they overcome. The odds against and them, and I, then they overcome. I can only imagine how he must have felt. Because it was reading was his doing. mail. Yeah, of course. And he's... he's uh, He's creating a new entity that I was just downstairs in this legacy room we're building for him here at the church. And what is what is a legacy room? So it was just memories of his. Yeah. So his mom, grand grand, your grandma is telling me about the stories of how this came to be and why she collected the artifacts that she did. And I'm just looking around this room and it was so intriguing. This happened literally a few minutes ago. She had four or eight boxes, huge boxes. And they were all of his sermons, not just the notes, but every time he preached, they had uh, this woman would take the cassette tape, uh, cassette tape and plug it in. And she would transcribe verbatim what he said. And they're all sitting there. And I'm going to probably do some work to digitize them and put a QR code in there so you can have them uh, without touching the papers. But it's just shocking to me. Of course, this guy, you know, and I. I know there there are very few people like your dad, but everybody God has a plan for that will require steps like that, that will take moments that are going to privately inspire you, but they'll come at the cost of tears. Yeah. That'll be like, okay. Cause you have anytime there's like a God given public promotion, there is private pain that no one knows about. Right. And so it's like, the 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 price that must have been and i don't know i have my version of those those films too like um christopher nolan did a film called dunkirk and 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it came out right around the time I got out of college, and Harry I wasn't Styles really certain. Yeah, Harry and Harry actually is a part of the scene that I remember the most, where the whole thing is happening. They come back, and there's this older gentleman who's giving them like hot tea and pieces of toast, like he's just trying to feed them as they come back in. And uh, he's saying, good job, lads. Like he's saying it to them, like he's encouraging them. And Harry Styles is a little jaded from the experience he just had at war. And he says, all we did was survive. And uh, as he's walking away, the guy looks at him and goes, and sometimes that's enough. Mm. I don't know what it was about that scene in particular, but if I talk about it too long, I'll get emotional right now. But just the fact that 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 was the case. I heard another story. uh, My version of, of what you're talking about is, uh, Dr. Rutland, who was the president of ORU, runs Global Servants. Um, he told a story once of a they this track coach approached a high school st- uh, student and was like, "Hey, the guy that runs the mile or the three five k or whatever, he's not going to be at this track meet, and we have to enter someone in, or we're disqualified from the whole thing." And so he tells the story of how the kid's like, "Dude, I'm not a runner, but okay, fine, I'll do it." And then uh, at the end of the track meet, it's the last race. They get started. Everyone else makes it. And uh, they're about to turn the stadium lights off. Like people have left. And the coach comes yelling and goes, don't turn them off. There's one more. You know, the kid is actually like taking a very, very long time to finish this race. And uh, he finally gets across the finish line. And he just starts crying and tells the coach, like, I'm sorry. I, I gave it all I had. I'm sorry. I came in. He came dead last, whatever. And um, I remember hearing Dr. Rutland tear up talking about it one time. And it's just something about these dudes that do these massive things over the course of several decades. Mm. And of course, a story like that gets to them. And I think that that feeling is earned over the course of like obedience over several decades. And that the coach looked at the kid and was like, that's all you needed to do was just do the finish the race, you know. So I wonder about that for myself as I approach uh, my 30s and I'm looking at the future and what's God calling us to do here and then beyond and, and as in relationships, in productions and things like that. Like, what's the race for now? And hopefully we can have the privilege of saying uh, we, we gave it everything we had. Yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. We, in closing... Arvin, as you were meeting with them, there was another um, virtual metaverse company meeting in the other room, and they were talking about trying to get us mm-hmm. into the metaverse and all these type of things. And it's they awesome. were like, you know, what was the most important thing that your dad taught you? And I was like, my dad was really into these three things. Carry your torch, reach your harvest, finish your race. Yeah. Because in the old school, and my dad would tell the illustration of, Life isn't a race. It's not even a marathon. Mm -hmm. Life is a relay Mm -hmm. that you work that baton Mm -hmm. until it's time to pass it on. Right, right. That everything you do in your life, you're holding your torch. Like in the old school Olympics, they would run with the torch and then they would pass it on to the next person running at night. Yeah. And so um, in the dark and the day, that torch would burn. And so I think that everything that we do with our life, knowing that, am I doing this so that I can pass it off to like, as as Moses passed it off to Joshua. Yeah. And then he said to reach your harvest. He said, some of the most saddest people on the world are center me focused Mm -hmm. and they need to lift up their eyes and realize there's a harvest and not just 
the whole world harvest, but they actually have their own specific field to harvest in. Right. Like for us, Toronzo in this room, Arvin, me, our harvest field is within the media, film, sure. production, arts, yeah. entertainment. Like that's our harvest field. Right. So reach, uh, carry your torch, reach the harvest. And the last one is finish your race. Mm-hmm is that a lot of people sprint and they crush it for 10 years sure. or they crush it for five years and they blow up on social media. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, the outline um, of what is it again? Oh, yeah. John Bevere in The Fear of the Lord talks about divine order, glory and then judgment. These right. So steps. divine order. So you see an individual, all of a sudden things get really um organized and divine order comes into place and then glory they they blow up and they become an influencer and millions of people are paying attention to them and and they are releasing books and they're they're doing and then judgment is the humility side of it of Mm -hmm. god does all three of those things so sometimes after the humility side people stop running their race sure because they think no one wants to know my voice i've screwed up or maybe um i'm outdated right. i you know i've told you the conversations i've mm-hmm. had in the past with certain people who sure. have just kind of thrown in the towel yeah but it's all about like that story that you told a few moments ago finishing the race that's right that you didn't even have to come in first but you are like part of your reward Mm -hmm. is for finishing right and we live in a world where people don't want to finish yeah so as i said that carry your torch reach your harvest finish your race all of a sudden i got another involuntary emotion it wasn't a burp or a fart sure that would have been funny (laughs) but um i got emotional yeah anyways so i think all that to say that as you guys um we're starting this season five Mm-hmm. And we would not be here if it weren't for you. Those of you who are listening and yeah. watching, yeah. thank you so much. But just know we want you guys to keep us accountable. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. um, comment, let us know certain things you would want to hear about. But just know that like our goal is to be here. Our Absolutely. goal is to continue to carry the torch. Absolutely. Continue to reach the harvest and to continue to finish our race. And let us know how we can encourage you to do that for you and yourself in your life. Hey, we love you. Thank Thank you you. for tuning in at Behind the Scenes. Our best days. Love y'all. See ya.